Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. From Audio Boom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers, and top-secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Johnny Carson once interviewed Betty Davis and asked if she had any advice for young starlets wanting to get ahead in Hollywood. She suggested take Fountain. Fountain Avenue runs parallel to Santa Monica and Sunset Boulevards in Hollywood and is often used to avoid the heavier traffic. And isn't that what we're all after? A smooth run, no hold-ups, not only in traffic, but also in life. How do people handle those hold-ups, the rejections? How do they create a life in the entertainment capital of the world? How do they identify and express their uniqueness in a place where hundreds of thousands are hoping to do the same. Welcome to Take Fountain. Compelling stories from passionate people who've made it, are making it, in Hollywood. Writers, comedians, actors, filmmakers. I'll talk to anyone with a story to tell. Welcome to Take Fountain, a podcast of passionate people working on their dreams. Compelling stories from Hollywood. Your host, Ella James. So we've just been sitting here talking before we started recording about, about the industry and life and all sorts of things. My fun guest, things. fun things. My guest, Ismail Bashi. And then suddenly his phone started ringing and I'll let you say the rest because that was so funny. So, yeah, so the phone just rang and it was my agent, the associate at my agency. And she says, you've been put on a veil for an audition, uh, for an audition that I went for. Right. And as you know, in, in our line of work, especially with commercial, which is where we make most of our, you know, bread and butter, uh, it's uh, almost like a three to a four part process where, you know, you go for the first audition, then you go for the callback, and then you get the call that you hope for, that, oh, you're being put on a veil, which means it's between you and maybe three other people, mm-hmm. and depending on which direction they go in. And so right now, I'm in that process. Uh, it's like being in happy purgatory. <laughs> so it's not a bad thing. I know a lot of people when they are put on a veil, they hate it because now they know that it's down to that final moment. When's that final call coming in and saying, "Hey, you got it." Right. And tomorrow you're gonna go and get your fitting done or whatever. But you know, I'm 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 being positive. I, I feel good about this. So I'm hoping this is going to be a good, 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 good. I wonder if there is any other career where we regularly get phone calls that change the course of our lives. Uh, Either way. uh, You know, I mean, I'm pretty sure if there is, it's probably probably related to the entertainment industry. Mm. You know, because I know musicians, you know, they do have that, uh, you know, the same highs and lows because I know a lot of musicians are married to one. Mm. same thing where it goes like oh you know I've, I've, uh, I got this call and mm-hmm. uh, oh so we're down to you and somebody else and you know and then it's that call which makes their day yeah but it could so 
if you're a sales rep, it might be the case, or somebody in advertising who's pitching for a deal. I suppose we should we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't malign various occupations because I'm sure no, that there are many of them. But when I think of any alternative in in my life, there is something about when you get that call, it's like squeal. <laughs> describe it I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about but it's like that it's that all the endorphins kick in and is that the adrenaline is like and I'm looking at my phone and I kind of have an idea why this number is calling me because you know the commercial agents don't normally call you unless it's a booking or it's something serious like you know you're being put on a bail you know that's when they call you otherwise it's all email or text messages you know if nobody wants to talk to you human beings anymore right you know it's like we don't have time but so it's like, I'm, while I'm even hitting, you know, answer, I can feel my heart going tick, tick, and then she's like, well, I'm calling you because I'm like, okay, go ahead, say it, <laughs> say it, don't keep me happy here, you know, and so and she's like, could you have blah, 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 you have, and you can put on a veil, I'm like, I didn't even hear what she said after that, you know, she's like, oh, yeah, these are dates, because I, I have the dates all in the email, like, yeah. you know, because before you go through it, you have but it was like, once she said that, I'm like, it's all, okay, I'm on cloud nine. And I should say at this point, I mean, you will have seen Ismail on your television. You will have seen him on things like Boston Legal, Law and Order, The Sopranos. So you've been around for a while, and yet you still have this feeling. Of course you do. I love it, as do you. I mean, this is, it's it's an indescribable feeling, because I love the excitement. I was telling someone the other day, you know, obviously there are moments that I'm happy when I'm around my family, which is fantastic. I can't describe what joy my kids give me. But besides that, professionally, when I'm on a set, or if I'm even backstage, or if I'm in a reading room, you know, doing the first read for a play, I mean, the joy that I get, it's just, I, it's even, it's so hard for me to articulate that. You know, it's pure pleasure. I, it, I recently did an episode of uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Right. And, uh, you know, it's sort of geared towards the current situation with the elections and, you know. We oh, I saw that on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. We yeah. were playing, uh, you know, like uh, political, uh, you know, experts. Yes. Clearly, I don't have any expertise in that. But, but you're you know, an actor. No, no, and it was a skit. It was, it was, it was, it was for a laugh. Yeah. And um, so it was one of those days, you know. You, I, um, you, you did something on Conan, right? Yes, I did. Right. Yep. Now, when you did the process, was it was it a pre-tape or was it live? It was pre-tape. It was pre-tape. This one is live. <gasps> now, live is never really live because they still, you know, they, they tape a live show like Jimmy Kimmel Live is taped at five o'clock in Los Angeles, so that the East, so they have enough time to edit it, and New York and all the East Coasters can watch it at their time. Yeah, but it's still live. Yeah. Because it's done live. They don't stop it. Yeah. They don't stop it. So all the live segments are done live. They don't stop it. They're great for commercials. It's all done exactly like how they do it. So I'm sitting at Mendocino Farms, you know, meeting with a producer friend of mine. We're talking. He's talking about his new pilot. And, you know, I order a glass of wine. And, like, you know, one in the afternoon, I'm like, why the heck not? And I'm ordering a glass of red wine at Mendocino. And I get a call from casting at Jimmy Kimmel and they say, oh, um, I actually don't recognize the number, so I let it go to voicemail. So, and then I said, you know, let me just listen to the voicemail. I just said, hey, this is so-and-so from casting and we want, we actually have a booking for you. It's not an audition, it's a booking. We want you to pay for this day. If you're available, call us immediately and we 
would like you here by 2.15. Now, this is 1 o'clock. Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, this wine. is when red wine gets poured down the sink, right? <laughs> I have a better story than that. Oh, but... I have a better story than that. What? So I'm looking at the red wine. I'm like, clearly I cannot drink this because I don't want to go to a live taping with red wine inside me, even if it's a little bit, you know, I, I don't want to be unprofessional, and I don't want to take that chance. But I've also spent $11 on an actor, you know, that's a lot for us to to throw down the sink. Yeah. So I tell them, do you have a to-go cup? They give me a coffee cup, and I pour red wine in the coffee cup, and I take it home before I can go. And in my excitement, I put the red wine in the fridge. You know, you don't freeze red wine. I mean, not in the, uh, not in the Just fridge. Just in the fridge, yeah. In the fridge. And I, 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 I'm like, I don't know how... I had to put a suit on. I had to carry some change of clothes because I was playing a political expert. I had to rush down, and you know they are in Hollywood and Highland. Yeah. You know, right across from the Kodak Theater, where the Oscars are. And I ran. I made it in just in time. Nicest people to work with. Yes. If if I think one of the best productions, you know, because I've done um, you know other shows in New York, you know, like you do, and they were so nice. It was simple. Just you know, a couple of rehearsals. And at five o'clock, they start, and we were, I think, like three minutes down in, in after the opening monologue. Yeah. What a matchup! And what a team, Mike! MetroPCS and the iPhone SE for zero dollars on a network that covers ninety-nine percent of people in the U.S. Oh, impressive! Play with the best. Switch to MetroPCS and get a thirty-two gig iPhone SE for zero dollars. MetroPCS. Coverage not available in some areas, plus sales tax and $10 activation fee. Claim based on talking text. Not valid for active numbers currently on our T-Mobile network or active on Metro PCS in the past 90 days. See store for details and terms and conditions. Tate Fountain with Ella James. I have to ask you, sure. your friend, the producer, who's producing a pilot, right? Yes. Did you actually say goodbye to him, or did you just fly out the door? I did. But you know what the thing is? At first second, I was stunned, and, and, and I was like, I just got a call from Jimmy Kimmel. And uh, uh, what, do, what do I do? They're like, so it was him and his wife and yeah. another friend. And they're like, what are you talking about? Just go, go, go. <laughs> you know, it's not like I had to pay them. Because, you know, at Mendocino, you pay yeah. first, and then they bring you their food. Yes. So I had everything ready to go. And just to go cup and, like, adios. And it was fabulous. It was such a – so I was there. And, you know, I was walking backstage, and I'm looking at, you know, I'm seeing the band getting ready for, you know, they have the live band. And it's just that excitement, you know, and, and, and there were the other two actors who were doing that bit with me. And yes. You know, it was just, it felt good to be there. But, you know, you know how it is. It feels good to work. It, it feels, feels good to work. To work. work. Yes. And it's not just work. I'm not in a mundane job that I hate. Here's how I see it. You know that call that you, you just got a few moments ago? To me, it's like one of those calls where you're in a new relationship with someone. And it's that feeling that you get of, they're calling, he's he's calling, right? And then the work is the actual date. It is. Right? It is. There is nothing like that feeling. I love hurry up and wait. Yeah. I love, you know, a five or a six o'clock call time. And, and I always say to myself, you must be in bed by seven the <laughs> night before, right? And at midnight, I'm still going, come on, sleep. You gotta sleep. You gotta sleep. You're gonna look like death in the morning. You're gonna look like death. But regardless, I don't have to set three alarms. Oh, no. I am up and at them and up. on the case. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. And the second day the call was at six in the morning, which is not too bad, but it was in Long Beach in an area, and you know, we are in this part of town. Right. So, you know, that's Orange County, and I'm like, you know, I don't know what traffic is. Luckily, there wasn't much traffic at that, but I left at four in the morning. And as you would. You know, so yeah. I got up at like 3.30, and I had everything, I took a quick shower, brushed my teeth, got a cup of coffee to go, and out. Yeah. So, and it's like, it's pitch dark, but I'm beaming. I'm like, oh man, I'm yeah. excited, I'm going to go to work. Yeah. You know? And it was great. And the feeling when you walk in, it's still dark, and you know, craft service has already got the breakfast table going, and everyone's like, you know, you see the crew coming in, everyone's eating, and everyone's like, hey, how are you? It's pure joy. Yeah. It's pure joy. You're with your tribe, your other family. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? Like in any kind of work, it's never always hunky dory, and but there's always that other side. Yeah. You know, and every now and then, you know, you get to work with people who will not treat you that well. And that's when you sort of have to dig in. I, for me personally, you know, I gotta think and see what my priority is. Mm. You know, unless somebody is doing something really awful, but then I say, you know what? I'm gonna focus on what I'm here to do. Do what I'm supposed to do, and then, now, and you know, you ignore the rest. Yeah. But from my personal experience, in most cases, the bigger the production that I worked on, the nicer the people have been. I don't know if there's a correlation. Maybe there is because, you know, you are nicer and you get more success maybe. But honestly, I don't want to sound like, oh, la, 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 everything mm. is so wonderful. And, and, you know, it just happens. Mm. Like, you know, I worked in The Sopranos years ago, almost like 14 years ago, I think 2002. Or, uh, nicest people to work with. They were so gracious, so nice. I'm talking, I'm sitting in a scene. The late James Gandolfini, who played Tony Soprano, sitting across from me, and Dominic Chianese, who played Uncle Junior, and my scene was with these two guys. Now, I'm a newbie back to that show. Was, I did a couple of episodes, and I was on my first day there, nervous as hell, but I learned all my lines because, and you know, it was all medical jargon. And I still remember those lines, and I use them for commercials where I have to play a doctor. Tony Soprano sat, James Gandolfini sat in all my close-ups, where he was not on camera, feeding me line after line after line, you know, his lead in line. You're kidding me. There was no assistant, there was no uh, PA or anybody. It was Tony and Dominic sitting. Those are professionals. In on my close-up, I mean, of course the man- That's because I've delivered lines to a can of Coke. I've done lines to somebody's hand. Yeah. <laughs> or to a cutter stand, or to like, you know, just, you know. Yeah, you which know. is fine. Yeah, no, but when you get to work with a, a real other person, he sat there giving me the right eye line because you would ask the person even so where should I? Because you know you can't just sit in the same place because the camera you have to cheat mm. and you have to rearrange the, the eye line for a certain close-up depending on how what lens they're using. And he was there, you know, giving me because it was a long scene, it was a long drawn-out scene, and they would you know pick and choose, but they would make us do the entire scene. Yes. You know, from start to finish. Yeah, and for every different yeah. camera setup. Yeah. yeah. So even though they were shooting on then. As you know, most TV, sh uh, big TV set uh, shows right now are actually shooting with three cameras. There yeah. used to be two cameras, but now they actually shoot with A, B, and C. And these are, these are called single camera shows, but they, they shoot with. Camera, but but they, they shoot actually, with. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reason, the difference between multi cam and single cam, multi cams are normally with, in front of a live audience. Yes. And those cameras are the ones that actually, you know, they're, they're those, those They're on dollies cameras, and they move from yeah. set to set yeah. to set. And yep. there are normally four cameras in a multi cam. Mm. But single cams normally used to have one, then two, and now they have three because it sort of saves them so much time on pickup shots 
because they do full coverage. Yeah. You know, I had this scandal and they were doing three cameras all the time. Yeah. And saved so much time because, you know, we, they used to, instead of doing a page and a half, they could do four pages in a day. Right. You know, with a lot of lengthy Shonda Rhimes uh, dialogue. Yes. You know, she has a lot of mouthy words. Yeah. Yeah. It's fabulous. And, and, what app were you on of Scandal? I didn't I see that. I was an episode Rasputin. Okay. I played the president of, it was technically not Iran because I guess for whatever reason they don't mention it's Iran. But they made up a country called Bandar. But, you know, we looked like it was the Iranian president. I was the president. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a, there's, if you ever audition for Linda Louie, who's the casting director, there's a, there's a notice outside there, a casting office or scandal that says, you should be aware of this, of the pace of our show. You know, they call it Shonda Speak. Right. Because they speak very fast. Yes. But it still has to be well enun- you know, enunciated and pronounced and everything has to be, you know, Obviously, it's something that you know. It's not like you know they mumble their words, right? But so there was that pace, which I was not. You know, I was a little nervous. And surprisingly, when I was there, my the first day, my hands and feet were cold. I was shooting in that Oval Office scene. Yes. And they have it down to like to the last inch. It's exactly a replica of the real Oval Office. The floors, everything. Wow. Yeah, and it, it was again a great shoot. Great people to work with. It was a fun episode. It was a fun, fun, fun episode. It's fun that you say that about the, the about Shonda speak and how fast it is because I've recently been watching and I should have watched it ages ago. And on no, 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 no. I've seen all of those. Oh my gosh, no, an honourable woman. Oh. Okay, with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Have you seen it? Yes. That, by comparison to something out of Shonda Rhimes, yeah. is just so incredibly slow. Yeah. And there is there is one there's one scene in particular where one of the characters is being handed a photograph that he's then going to look at, and I watched it several times as you do as an actor now. To, to, what are they doing? The speed with which he was given the photo, the speed with which he accepted the photo, and the speed with with which he responded, told you so much yeah. about what was going to be on the photo. Yeah what was what was being conveyed by that the importance of it but it it was so it was so interesting to, to see that yeah, I think that's important also because there are certain shows especially in the movies you know there the, you, you, you have the, the luxury of maybe more time on yeah. certain scenes that you can take as opposed to a 30 or 22 minute show or 40 something minutes or one hour show which is never really an hour uh, I think you're absolutely right because sometimes those things, those technical things, sort of tap into the emotionality of the scene. Mm. Like, you know, like you said, like the, the taking, the receiving, the looking, or, you know, the, the, the registering. Mm. And I think it sets such a great tone for the scene, for where the scene is emotionally between, you know, with, uh, with, with the actors. Yeah. It's so important. The purpose behind this interview was to talk to you about resilience in the industry, but I've got to tell you, after you got that phone call, I made one of those decisions that I'm not going to take you there, but I will end it here and I'll say thank you for your time and you've got to let me know how you go. I will definitely let you know. I mean, I'll definitely let you know. See, he's so excited. I just, there's no way I could go down that route, but oh, thank you so much as well. It's lovely. Thank you. Okay.
You've been listening to Tate Fountain with Ella James. For more, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. You can subscribe to the podcast at Audio Boom, Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. This has been another quality podcast production from Bytes.com. From Audio Boom comes Covert, a new podcast that delves into the murky world of spies, soldiers, and top secret military operations. I'm Jamie Rennell, and together we'll discover the real stories of history's greatest classified missions, told by the operatives, soldiers, and journalists who experienced it firsthand. Follow Covert on Spotify or subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorite shows.